What is it? The main thing I got from it was like this sense of feeling seen and validated. Well, why does it have to be this way? This book was placed in my hand for this moment. Insightful, learned a lot, wrote some quotes that I'm ready to like paint on my wall. I love this book! That we just kind of pull out some, some of the big themes that we see and, and talk about a few different ones. I apologize if most of my contribution has K-pop references. Alternative book title, The Feminine Mystique Part 2. You were really just gay all along. <laughs> Welcome to Book Club. With Julia. And Victoria. The kind of people who have, at one point or another, described the career with the phrase, I'm a storyteller. And we would like to be your book friends. This is a podcast of the books we just can't shut up about. And this week, we're actually not talking about books. We are talking about the stories of ourselves. For long-time listeners, you will know that one of the things we talk about endlessly are the stories that human beings tell ourselves about ourselves, um, about what's happening in our lives, how we're framing what's happening to us, it's stories about who we are as people, all that kind of stuff. And we like to conclude our year with a little reflection on the story of the year. And so this is the story of 2022. I just, I love these episodes at the end of the year. It's just like a yeah. nice way to like get cozy and reflect and like... Of course, Julie and I, the main method of reflection for us is recording it and sending it to the world. <laughs> but yeah, I always enjoy, I didn't this year, but usually before I prep for our like end of year wrap mini-sode, I go back and listen to all the previous ones. Mm-hmm. We've got enough now that I'm like, oh, that's like an hour and a half. I have to set aside my time. So I'll probably do that over the holidays anyways, just to kind of hear how we've grown and also how the podcast has grown. So yeah, it's like sentimental. (laughs) Yeah. These are for us. I don't know if anyone else cares. (laughs) These are for us. And a quick shout out to our book club members. Uh, If you want to join our membership over at Buy Me A Coffee, we'd love to have you. You you can also support the show by following us uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you know Apple officially changed their verbiage from subscribe to follow? So like to be like on par with the latest lingo we really should be saying follow our podcast oh, instead of subscribe to our podcast you can subscribe to our membership but you can follow our podcast oh my god anyways okay ridiculous i'll move on <laughs> but yeah you can find us over on instagram all this to say members shoot us a message and buy me a coffee or if you follow us on instagram dm us we love to hear your stories of 2022 this is really freaking me out that you're doing this part of the show. I'm like... I realized we didn't put it in the show notes and so I was like, I'm going to try it. And it's like, it's 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 a little rusty. Uh-huh. You know, you're usually the one who does it in like flying colors, but changing it up. You know, new year, new me. Just kidding. <laughs> you're, you're keeping that part of the, seg- of the show. I don't okay. like that segment as much. <laughs> the stories that Julie and I want to talk about today are, you know, a very traditional character arc. This is an old story I used to tell myself. Mm. These are the experiences that I've had in the recent year. And this is the new story or the modified or the more developed story Mm -hmm. that I'm telling myself. So for me, a quote that kind of sums up the last couple years for me, I literally have it on a sticky note next to my bed. And uh, my partner was gently laughing at me the other day saying, Kind of along the lines, like, I always, I, even though we've dated for years, I continue to learn new things about you, including this, like, this little part of you that writes, like, super motivational <laughs> quotes 
and keeps them next to her bed. He's like, I didn't realize that was you, but I see it now. Yeah. You used to have them, like, you were that teenager who had, like, sticky notes on your mirror in your room. Oh, yeah. Like, that was very Victoria. For sure. I had, like, the full, like, expo markers I would use to write. I had, like, um, my closet doors were mirrors. Like, the whole doors were mirrors. Uh Um, And so I would write on them. It would be things like to-do lists and motivational quotes and, like, goals. And it was very extra. It was very Pinterest. It was very Pinterest. We were very of our time. Yeah. (laughs) So now, after teasing this quote for, like, a while, I will finally read it to you. It's from the... (laughs) literary classic just kidding the the film rom-com classic you've got mail it's from an old lady in the movie and i honestly don't remember what her role is but she says you are daring to imagine that you could have a different life Hmm. and the quote goes on to say something along the lines of i know you're afraid right now and it feels like you're a failure um, but you're marching into the unknown and this was a quote that someone kind of gave me in 2021 when i was thinking about leaving my full-time work and and freelancing full-time but it kind of started applying to like everything in my life (laughs) uh 2021 was the year that I started daring to imagine and I think 2022 is when I started experiencing that different life for myself for me I feel like if I if I really sort of distill all of the conversations and experiences I've had this year I feel like there's this growing sense of like a realization for me almost that like I can't go back, you know, like I I can't go back to how I was. I can't go back to what I knew before, what I thought before, my plans, my perception of reality, everything. I can't go back, you know, this is where we're, this is where we are. And so now I have to figure out this kind of new story of myself and my future. And I'm starting to piece that together and starting to experience it a little bit. But it's still kind of unfinished. It's like in process. So I do think this is something that's been developing since before COVID. But I think COVID was a big catalyst point that sort of forced a lot of change that might have happened much more slowly over time where like yeah obviously a huge catalyst point was my autism diagnosis but it's taken a while to sort of allow that new understanding of myself to reframe the story i tell where like the story i used to tell myself before i under- i had this label for how my brain worked this story was that i was this like sort of tough loner nerd kid who was like nothing bothered me and I was super strong and I didn't need anyone and I didn't have any friends but it was fine and like the idea that I was really shy and I didn't talk very much we all know that's not true you listen to the podcast (laughs) but that's genuinely what I thought because introvert like introvert awkward loner book nerd was this sort of social category I thought I could fit into when I didn't have any language for it and so like I think I would even on sort of worse days would have used like ruthless or cold like these sort of very harsh terms but I took some safety in the idea like I loved imagining myself as this sort of like Kill Bill this sort of ruthless ninja sword wielding ice queen kind of figure which is just not me at all and this sense that I had to sort of hide myself in order to meet certain societal expectations and be super independent and not need anything, all this kind of stuff. And I think it's really fully hit, finally, that 
that's not true. Like, <laughs> it's been an old story for a while, but I think I it's taken a minute to sort of experience new things and have this realization of like, oh, that's really not true. I feel like I believe it now. And it officially does not match like who I am or where I'm going anymore at all in sort of every aspect of my life. And yeah, it's taken a minute. I feel like I had to undo my expectations of work and independence and my understanding of myself and how I make friends and like take a new path and make all these changes and be really vulnerable for a while. You know, 2020, 2021 were very, very hard years. And I, yeah, I feel like there were a lot of things that had to really break open. And now I'm starting to experience this kind of new thing. Yeah. What's, what's your sort of old story? I mean, again, like you, it's an old story that I've been working through for a long time. But these ideas of like the shoulds in life, a lot of that societal pressure was internalized to me as I should do this, I should do that, I shouldn't do this. And it's a very kind of limiting way to approach and very stressful when I'm continually telling myself like, I should be doing that, but I'm not, I'm a failure. But it's like, who told you you should? And why? And do you believe them that you should? Like, questioning that old story has been like a... An ongoing theme of the last, like, five years of my life. But I think more specifically, like I kind of mentioned already, like, 2022 was the year of, like, seeing these different ideas through. So, like, uh, a big one was changing my my career trajectory. Personally, like, I moved in with my partner. And, like, a huge part was, like, lifestyle. Like, deciding to live as, like, a digital nomad for a while and working remotely and, and living all over the U.S. and the world for you know, small trips, long trips, lots of traveling in there. And um, making the decisions was hard. And letting, yeah, letting go of those ideas, those limiting ideas of what my life should look like. And I think, you know, the pandemic blew things open in a way that was like, it it kind of removed a lot of those, like, constraints by force. Mm, (laughs) Like, I... I had some limited thinking around my career. It was like either I stay at this organization and my career growth might be, you know, very well supported but slow or I leave and I get, you know, I move up and and get a, a role at a different organization that's, you know, higher pay, higher title, more responsibilities. That It felt like this either or thinking, like I leave where I stay. And the pandemic blew that wide open by saying, haha, there was other options, including you got fired. And it's like, what? Mm. Uh, or like, let go, however you want to say it. But um, it forced me to rethink like, oh, wait, there never was only two options. And now, you know, two years later, I'm, you know, part of this last year, I had that original organization that I worked for as one of my clients. Uh, um, and I recently had a chance to talk with three different colleagues that I used to work with who work at a variety of organizations now and we're looking to work together again. And like, I could not yet imagine back in, you know, January, 2020 that there was a life for me down the road where I still got to work with these incredible people that I enjoyed working with. And I also got to grow and experiment and change my career in ways that I didn't even really know I wanted yet. Um, until it was for me, I needed an outside force to knock me off my linear thinking. And hopefully, it doesn't always take a global catastrophe to <laughs> change my way of thinking. Um, I think that breaking down that either or thinking has been a, a big thing, especially the last three months or so. Realizing that 
you know, like for a while, I was like, oh, I'm like an open-minded person. I'm a critical thinker. You know, I've learned to embrace both and instead of either or to yes and people, not no but them. You know, like all these like cliche things in in life. But uh, I realized it's infiltrated way more my thinking than I thought. And so it's it's a continual practice to regularly step back from a situation and imagine other possibilities, like the work one I mentioned, but also like lifestyle possibilities. Traveling was, you know, a huge part of this past year for me. And our podcast audio quality reflects that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I was in different closets of America um, <laughs> <laughs> recording this show. Yeah. And I wrote down just like a few like takeaways from the traveling experience. And it's come up quite a lot over the holidays with family. They're like, oh, how was this trip? Or like, I haven't seen you in a year. Tell me about your travels. So these are kind of the like greatest hits that I bring up. One, I'm not great at keeping a travel blog. Yeah. I had great ambitions. I wrote like four entries with my partner and we were like, this is hard. We don't want to do it. (laughs) And takeaway two is you take everything with you. You Yeah, like emotionally, you take everything with you. You don't wake up in LA a different person than you were in your hometown. For me, I'm a person who has days where I don't feel great. I don't want to go places. The world feels overwhelming and I'm sad. And that doesn't go away just because I'm in a beautiful place. But it is nice to have sunshine in January. I will tell you that. It does feel great to say, I feel like crap, but I'm going to go for a walk and it's 80 degrees and sunny instead of it's snowing (laughs) and gray. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, change of weather was nice. As romantic as traveling can look like, uh, you take yourself with you. Like, you're your own home and you no longer have the distractions and trappings of a physical home and so it's very apparent (laughs) you have just yourself and or the people you're traveling with but it allowed me to really like break out of this like should I shouldn't I thinking I think I've talked about it here on the podcast before but this idea of like centering my own happiness has been something that has been a challenge for me I, I put a lot of other people's desires and my impression of what other people want from me before my own desires and so For the sake of being incredibly cheesy, following my whimsy, waking up one day and saying, let's go hike, you know, in Big Bend National Park, even though it's going to take hours out of our travel time, but we want to go there. Why not? Like, I literally had a therapy session sitting in Big Bend National Park at the visitor center on their Wi-Fi. And I'm like, this is, that was where I had that monumental conversation with my therapist where she said, it sounds like you've had a chance to finally center your own happiness. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting in a national park in a beautiful place that I've always wanted to go. And instead of thinking about the shoulds or optimizing our travel route, or we should only go to Big Bend if we have, you know, a whole week to hike because it's a huge ass national park. It's so big. We saw like the tiniest sliver of it in the one day we were able to spend there. But letting go of, oh, we should only go there if we have time and just embracing, well, we're here. We're going to do what we want. That was a big learning for me. And, and a big part of it and, and something I talk often with people who like are interested in learning about the digital nomad experience. It's, it's a lot of critical thinking about my priorities and the trade-offs that I'm willing to make along the way. Mm. So like it is fun. But there's also like, I enjoyed my freelance career and it made me made it possible to do that. But I really didn't grow my business in the past year. You know, I just maintained it because I didn't have the bandwidth to grow. And now I'm at a place where I want to grow. So we came back to Chicago and we're laying down roots again so that both of us can focus on our career a bit more. Trade-offs also was I only saw my friends like 
I mean, I saw Julia as much as I already see Julia, which is great <laughs> on Zoom every week. But, you know, for the majority of my friendships, it really changed. And so it it turned into like a, hey, how is it going? See you in two months, see you in six months. And so another reason we're back for a while is just to like cultivate those relationships more and build a sense of community in person again. We missed that during the pandemic, but we hadn't had it in so long that it was quite easy to leave. But now that, you know, it's much more possible to have those in-person relationships it's nice to be back yeah i have to say for two people who were constantly on the move who were on different continents most of the time we saw each other twice within six months that's impressive first of all (laughs) i would like to pat us on the back but also like i don't know it's kind of cool i'm like yeah (laughs) i think because you were so mobile and I really caught you at the tail end in Seattle of your, you know, settling down. But, you know, we could just sort of converge our existences <laughs> on certain <laughs> points at certain times, which is, I don't know, kind of the dream. I'd like, as much as I mentioned, like, you know, missing friends and that deep sense of community, we also had an incredible experience to spend a lot of time with people that we don't usually. So, like, yeah. My brothers live in different states than me. Varun's siblings live in different states than him. But because we were so flexible, we could prioritize things. And because we were going to interesting places, people kept saying we want to visit. You know, so we went to L.A. with his brother. He was able to, you know, work remotely and and live with us for a little while. And uh, I got to go live near my older brother. And it's like, that still is a possibility for us. Like, to, to embrace that travel mindset of, like, if we want to go somewhere... Let's just go instead of waiting until the optimal time to go. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. But I am proud of us too that we made that happen. And it speaks to our priorities as friends to be like, you're on my continent. I will come see you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's all about priorities. I think for me, there were just a lot of new things. Obviously, I mean, I moved to a new country in 2021. So that was a big deal. I feel like 2021 was just like a ton of change, period. Good, bad, (laughs) very destabilizing, just like, ah, you know, whereas this year is like new things that are maybe going to stick around for a while. So like thinking of myself as an anthropologist, weird as hell for me. Very, very weird. I'm still not used to it. But I had this sort of, when I was doing my field work in Seattle and I was like, finally having the conversations I wanted to have and just like going after these questions and doing all these reading and it was like this sort of light bulb my whole body was just like yes this is what we want to be doing and I've never felt that before I've always like this sucks this is so much worse than anyone said it would be so that was really cool I mean academia still sucks ass so we're gonna figure a way around that but I also found a kind of potential new like very unconventional work pattern that might work where I do a kind of high intensity summer that sort of covers my essentials for the year and then work a lot less (laughs) during this sort of school year. Very unconventional but it's kind of working. Okay but it also seems like the uh the pattern of a farmer. Yes. (laughs) You're just embracing the farming lifestyle. I am. As a teacher and writer. (laughs) Yeah. 
I am a an idea farmer, and I have my <laughs> harvest of ideas in the summer. <laughs> harvest of students and ideas in the summer. It's sort of a reverse school year kind of, but yeah, it's like farmer lifestyle. Which, I mean, makes sense because the reason our school year is the way it is is to fit so the kids could go home to help their parents on the farm with the harvest. So, like, seeing these kind of, oh, I could do this in a way that actually supports me and doesn't break me, you know, which has been something that's been really hard to imagine. Finding a new way of making friends that actually works for me, monumental. I feel like that's something I like I've always had. I mean, yeah, since I was like 11 or 12, I've had friends that are like really, really close, you know, but it's been a lot of trial and error and I didn't really know what was happening. It was more like forced proximity friendships that I would sort of, I'm very good at cultivating friends I already have, but like making new friends in a new place with new people very hard and I feel like I've finally got a bit of a system down and then you know opening up to get like getting connected with an online autistic community for the first time has been really awesome and has helped me feel so grounded and included in like a world and we shifted our podcasting rhythms over the summer to be something that we could do more long term and there's just, yeah, a lot of changes of that sort of, like you were talking about, the shifting our thinking to like, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. If you don't want it, you could, just, you could do something else. Just because it's what everyone else normally does doesn't mean that's what you have to do. It might be harder in, or there might be certain things, certain images, public images of yourself, certain ideas that you, about yourself you have to give up, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It could really work for you. Yeah, I, I feel like when I started writing this down of like the consequences of these sort of new things and this new way of thinking about myself, I've sort of, I realize my sort of developing story so far <laughs> is that, is realizing that I'm like, with with all of these changes, right? I'm actually a very sort of loud and open and friendly person once I'm comfortable, right? Even with the online autistic community that I got connected with, it took me a few sessions to even turn on my camera and talk. Like, I was, like, so anxious about it. But now that I'm really connected with it, I have to, like, make sure that I'm giving every, everyone a chance to talk. I'm like, <laughs> we have a lot of thoughts about this, Julia. Yes, I know. We can share when it feels relevant, but let everyone else talk. <laughs> and I've got a lot of random interests and a lot of enthusiasm. And I'm like a big kid. I, I feel like I'm I'm embracing my sort of childhood self a bit more. And But it, with that comes acknowledging that I am very sensitive. And I feel like that I... During the pandemic, I would get so angry about my at myself for that. I was like, you idiot, you wimp, like you're so weak, you need so much. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm a very sensitive person and I need a lot of care for myself and a lot of love and support from other people and I need to be interdependent, you know, I, I need people. Also, it finally allowing myself to accept the fact that I am probably never going to have a traditional looking career because it's just not going to work for me. I'm not going to look successful to other people. Like, I'm going to work enough to be comfortable and that's it. Probably forever. 
I like it's not and I'm okay with that. My sort of personal trajectory and growth does not really involve becoming very, very rich. That's just not in the cards. So, or looking super successful in, in the ways that, I don't know, America cares about, I guess. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. That's kind of where where we're headed, I think. I had this, like, again, like a, a little, like, epiphany. I think it was mm-hmm. actually before a therapy session where I was imagining myself as, like, like a like a 2d shape burst just like on a you know if you like drew like a big scribble on a paper and i imagined kind of these pressures i was feeling as this like box that i was trying to fold my little burst shape into to like fit inside this box and imagining just like getting rid of the box and just deciding like i am bigger than this box and that's beautiful and that's amazing and i'm going to be all of me not just the part that's accepted. Mm. And I think, you know, maybe in the next three years, I'm going to imagine that I'm not 2D, I'm 3D. And look at me popping out and all the places being big and bold and beautiful. She's growing. She's a tree. (laughs) Look at her go. So I'm sure I'll continue to see my life even more broadly than I do now. And I think this year was kind of a, the story I'm telling myself is that the more I go out and do the things that once felt too bold or too big or too different, the more broadly I can imagine the possibilities of my future. Like I'm no longer just restricted to, you know, this linear thinking of like my career needs to go in this sort of shape and my income should kind of grow in this general direction. And like, it should all just kind of continue on instead of imagining like there's this like a starburst of possibilities of where my life may take me. And um, I'm sure in so many ways I'll be doing things in the future that I'm like, wow, when I was 27, I never would have thought like this is where my life would be, but I'm so glad I'm here. Because mm-hmm. um, that's how I feel right now. Like, yeah. wow, 21 year old me could hardly imagine the life I live now and how excited I am that I, I do get to keep doing things. That once felt like just like an idea, you know, to be able to like live out the idea and realize like, wow, I tried the thing that I thought I might want to do and turns out I really liked it. Or like, turns out I hated it, but here's what I learned. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes you have to do the thing that feels not impossible, but like not what you have to do the thing that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Or you have to do the thing that like you've always really wanted to try, but it feels crazy or whatever. You have to do it. And then when you don't crash and burn or you don't die and you're like, oh, okay. I, it's like, like a video game where like the map is all really dark and you have to go to a place before it lights up on the map and you can see it. And then, then you know what's there and you can go there, but you don't know what's there to begin with. You have to go first. And then you're like, oh, this is like a cool lake. There's an activity over there. I'm going to... I can decide to do that later and then you go somewhere else. And like, you can tell I don't play video games the way that the language that I'm using here. I watch people play video games. But it's kind of what it feels like. It's like doing field work. I just refused to think about it because I was kind of terrified of it. I thought it was going to be really, really hard and I was going to be exhausted and it was going to be terrible and no one was going to want to work with me. And it was just like all these kind of things. And I did it. And it was the best it was the best. And I'm like, how do I do that again? Yeah, you have to kind of do it. And then you go, oh, okay. And then you start imagining from that solid point that you're at now, you start imagining all these other ways that things could go. 
yeah, taking that first step. And sometimes it's like a big first step. And sometimes it's like, how can I make that a smaller first step? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. To get there, I think has also been really helpful for me. And that's something my, my partner and I talk about a lot when we're thinking of a new thing we want to try. It's like, well, what's the what's the most accessible first step we can make in that direction Mm -hmm. to like experiment, to test, to see if we like it. And when we decided to start traveling, we booked our first stay and we said, if that's all we do, that's all we do. That'll be a great adventure. And it will taught us something. And it turns out we wanted to go again and we wanted to go again and we wanted to go again until eventually we're like, we actually want to stay home. Okay, cool. We'll do that. And like not trying to put some strict deadline of like, we're going to do this for two years and then we'll make a decision or we're going to do it for one year and then we're going to make a decision. Like that's a very long time. Or a very short time, depending on how you think about it. But allowing each decision to kind of unfold in its own process. It was really easy to say yes to an apartment in Chicago this fall. It, I think it would have been really hard to do it last spring. Like, we weren't yet there to know what we would want. Cool. Look at us go. Yeah, this has been fun. Let's end with some currently obsessed. These are the things that are bringing us joy that we can't stop talking about you can go first so i finished watching the harry and megan documentary last night oh baby i have many i have many many thoughts Ooh, maybe i should watch that this weekend what's it on it's on netflix okay it's six episodes and it walks you through their whole story and i love they were so clever about it basically there's a lot of stuff that they can't say about like england's colonial history and like they can't criticize the crown too much and they there's a lot of stuff they can't do or say and so what they do is they bring on experts who are experts in colonial expansion and racism and all this kind of stuff and so they just sort of let other people say it (laughs) (laughs) and so they they can get away with it basically because like they're not saying it it's pretty great so anyway go watch it and then we can talk about it i have so many thoughts let's go harry i'm so happy for him talk about imagining new realities for yourself like my god that's big that's huge he left the fucking monarchy And not, like, quietly. <laughs> Very publicly. Not to go, like, be a monk in the woods, but, like, to go make documentaries calling out mm-hmm. colonial history. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And then the album that I have had on repeat constantly, all day, every day, has been Indigo by RM. It is his magnum opus. It is so incredible. He's got a million different, really, really incredible um, featuring artists. He covers every genre. It's so good. Oh my God. I just, I feel it in my soul. Yeah. Uh, plus one on that album. I have also been listening to a lot since you sent it to me and it's been a delight. And oh, uh, SZA's new album, SOS. Also been <gasps> yes. listening to that a lot. I Very love good. that it's like 20 tracks long. I was like, we are blessed. We have so many new tracks after many years of waiting for a new album. And I've also been listening to, it's an older serial podcast, like serial, not serial as in the podcast, but serialized Heaven's Gate, which is about the cult Heaven's Gate. It is hosted, the podcast is hosted by Glenn Washington, who is an incredible host and reporter. And shares his own story. He grew up in an, an end of times kind of cult as well. And so mm. it's a very in-depth look, critical while also empathetic to people as people. 
And, you know, for Glenn Washington, when he saw, uh, this is the cult where there was a mass suicide. When he heard on the news that that had happened, he was like sucked in of like, that could have been me. You know, like it, given mm-hmm. the life circumstances I had, those could be, my, those could have been my friends. Those could have been me sitting with the, the question of like, what leads people to these cults what are people looking for what do they get anyways it's a very well done podcast i know i'm many years late to the game it came out in 2017 but it's it's good a lot of good stuff for your holidays if you're home yeah listen to some cult podcast and (laughs) an album about breakups (laughs) well happy holidays see you in 2023 just kidding i'll see you before then but yeah you are listeners see you in 2023 that's crazy to think about but yeah see you guys then next year bye thank you for listening to book club with julia and victoria we would love to hear your thoughts on this book or the topic we discussed so you can share your review and recommendations with us on instagram at book club with jb on our website bookclubwithjb.com or by leaving a review on apple Podcasts. you can also visit our website for show notes with links to all of the recommendations and the things we need to join if you don't already go ahead and follow us on whichever podcast platform you are listening on so that you can be notified when our next episode is released this episode was co-hosted and produced by myself, Victoria Brewer, along with Julia Clausen. Rebecca Gasney provides us with project management support. Our music is composed by Greg Brewer, and our logo was designed by Gabby Fablin. Until next time, happy reading. <laughs>